Guten Abend. My name is Ernst Müller, but you can call me Oberstrugenführer Müller. And I'm here to talk to you about my new show, Operation Poltergeist. Now you may be saying, Oberstrugenführer, you have a podcast show? Yes. I'm actually quite heavily featured in two separate projects produced by the Bardic College, Cthulhu in Cairo, and now Operation Poltergeist. The first many of you already know, as a show in which a group of common-bred lowlifes traipse around the globe, trying to undo the plans of my beloved Thule society. In this show, however, I will be able to finally introduce the listeners to some of my key allies, who are as determined as I am to bring our vision of the world to the unenlightened masses. But be warned, Operation Poltergeist is only available as a Patreon exclusive. But why, Omastrumenfuro? Why? For two reasons. First, because it is their wish to honor their Patreon members for their support, as they should. And second, because they are not brave enough to allow my deeds of glory to be broadcast on the open sites of the internet. They lack the courage to give a com committed hero of the Thule Society, such as myself, a platform on which to recruit more impassioned fighters for the cause. And so I will punish their new team of players with unspeakable horrors. If they attempt to interfere in any way, I will hunt them with my knock commandos, and with all the power of the Elder Gods that I can summon. I cannot be stopped. I will not fail. Listen to Operation Poltergeist starting in June by joining our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. I'm Raz, and if you haven't liked, shared, or subscribed yet, uh, just turn it off. I mean, come on, we've only asked about for 90 episodes now. Uh, but welcome back, and we're here with the team. We'll do a quick recap in case you like to trauma shut down your brain. Faye is up. She had a vision of her father handing her some sort of an airline ticket. Ella had the radio nearby Faye. There's been noise and things coming from the radio that she found in the woods for, uh, on one of the soldiers who appeared to be – this was the only human one they found. Uh, he was shot and killed, but this one um, had the radio on him, and he also had sigils and glyphs tattooed all over his, his the forehead, some on his face and his and his arms. And they were permanent. Like this was done in, with the intent that it would never come off. Like so, he may have been the commander of the unit. He may have been in, warded to protect himself from the the ghouls should they go rabid or feral. But whatever it was, Ella made that assumption. But whatever it was, he was prepared. Jack Cavendish is still in a bad way. Um, Catherine and Adam and Vadim are doing a 
impromptu blood transfusion. It's been about 25 to 30 minutes she's been working on him. She's got his neck under control. His waist is back where it's least, you know, it's, it's, it's settling. But they're still coughing blood. There's still blood trickling out the side of his mouth by his nose. He's still having some labored breathing. They, they know that there's something else going on and they're going to have to start dealing with that. Faye and Ella real quickly made the decision to use the radio for good and not evil and reach out for help uh, to Katmandu. Uh, Faye thinking to turn the radio on for call for help and then Ella remembering that she had used it when she was at the radio tower when she flew the plane out about a month and a half ago. So that's where we're at. We're going to pick back up and this is going to be the Catherine Vadim show for a little bit, but we will be going back to the other side of the gorge. So we're on the right hand side of the gorge, steep incline, uh, Vadim uh, and Catherine gathered around Jack and uh, Catherine, it's uh, it's that time. So you're going to have to make the incision enough to get your hands in there and start working. It is bad light. You have a flashlight and you Vadim holds it for you the best you can, but this is going to be tough, tough work. This is not going to be just medical simple. This is medical difficult. I'm not going to say that, you know, uh, the, the, the higher rate of success, obviously the better as we're going through this, I'm, I'm not making multiple roles. It's going to be one role. We just need to think about it as this has to be, you know, a really solid, solid win if you can. That's up to the dice, right? We we deal with it as we go. So you make the incision and uh, you start to move the skin apart. Obviously, there's a lot more blood in there that's already collected. Uh, it spills out. Thank God you've got them already on a transfusion. Vadim's seen blood before. I'm, Vadim's a toughened guy. I'm, it's not That's not partisan affecting him. It's probably better that Faye and Ella are on the other side of the gorge anyway, because the amount of blood that that poured out when you gave him first incision was pretty. It was it was a lot more than even you were like, wow, he's really bleeding. As you put your hand in and you've 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 sanitized the best you can, but as you put your hands in, you immediately know that there's at least two ribs that have snapped and part of them are sticking into his lung, um, which is definitely you know the 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 prime cause of whatever's going on there. the uh, The idea here is you're going to have to pull them back out and try to set his his body as best you can and comfortably as you can and then make incisions you know he's he's somewhat stable it's it's a matter of time so depending on how well you roll will depend on how quickly you can do this this is major surgery it could take upwards of an hour if you're really really successful you can cut that number back for every two levels of success past a regular i'll cut off up to 12 minutes i'll roll randomly and we can get him to a stable situation um, quicker. If you don't make the roll, we deal with the repercussions of what that means. So go ahead and make me your medical check, please. What is it? No, no, no. It's good. Um, I'm going to keep her. My dice have been, I swear my rolls have been honest this whole night. That's a zero, zero, five. So you're going to be able to take roll 46. I've never rolled this well in my life. That's great. Now, listen, I'm sure Jack somewheres, Joel is feeling very good about what you've just done. Mel is screaming. She's like muted, but screaming. Because if you saw the look on your face, it I was like shocked. Oh horror. my gosh. I was like, is he dead or is he alive? <laughs> I know Scott and I were thinking the same thing. I'm like, Joel's going to be so pissed when he comes back and Jack's dead. Can I tell you why? Because my zero zero when it's sit a certain way looks like an eight. And that would have been a fail. <laughs> so, but that's a zero zero. Oh my so God. I thought it was an eight five. Bless the heavens. All right. I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to go back to you. What? An 8.5 for you still makes it. Your medical is an 85, isn't it? No, my medicine and first aid are both uh, 80. Where's Where's my first aid? Yeah, they're both 80. One was 75 for the longest time, so maybe that's what you're thinking. All right. So do you have 4D6 or do you need me to roll that? Um, I can get 4D6. Absolutely. 
That is two, four, seven, eight. Eight total? Total. Okay, so you take eight minutes off of the hour. Yay. <laughs> Boy, that's intense. 50 minutes of surgery in the in the snow. In the snow? <laughs> Catherine, the one thing you're having a problem with at the very end, and he's going to survive. It's how well he survives the trip down. You have to make a decision on what you're going to do here. Your suturing is running very thin. Like, you've done a lot of suturing. You've put 40 over here, this one. You've had to sew up a bunch internally. You're going to have to close this very large wound. Make an idea roll. That's intelligence, please. Thank God I'm smart. That's a 15? You can use a skin graft from something to help. From him? Close that wound. No, not from him. He, I don't think you want to cut no. on him. Vadim's weak with blood draining for the last 45 minutes. You've actually had to pull the tube. Lots of flesh donors laying around. Just saying. Yep. That's unclean. It'll work. How much would it cost if I carved on myself and put it on him? No, you're not. That's not a great idea for you. Okay. You're already, you're already hurt. I'm at 11 out of 28, so yeah. This is a very, I'm upset. I'm very upset. This isn't cleanly. This this is wrong. This is like morally wrong. This is like that villain in Gotham. Dollmaker? This is like Dollmaker shit. I'm not happy. This is unethical. The thing that tried to kill him could be the thing that ends up saving him. Look at the irony. Ah, oh, poetry. Might make him a better hunter. Oh, God. <laughs> no. I'm on un- Ella, you're not hurt, please. I don't have time for this. Ella, bring me some skin, woman. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, this is not, I'm not happy right now. Um, Oh, God, Vodum, please drag me over, of course. <laughs> Vodum's like, what do you need, Kate? Please. You look upset. <laughs> I'm very upset. I, I'm running out of, I'm running out of sutures. You're weakened. I'm busted. I need to, I need to cover up this incision and i need to do it quickly and i'm running out of supplies i need skin you you, you need skin like uh just please go get one of them you point to one of the one of the creatures yeah i need to dr frankenstein something over here please i don't want to think about it too much oh god i wish i could talk right now i'm not quite sure how vodum feels about that he's been avoiding the the creatures avoiding looking at them avoiding thinking about them and now you want him to go carve on one. No, just bring it over. I'll do it. As as you wish, Kate. It, you don't have to look at it. We don't have to talk about this ever again, but I need you to bring me a zombie and take its pants off. He kind oh, of... It's a ghoul. Not a, he kind of... <laughs> it's a ghoul. I need you to bring me a ghoul and take its pants off. So he goes to the to the nearest one and um, tries to grab it by the... You know the shoulder, the 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 fabric of its of its jacket, and drag it over. That's it's heavy. He's like just looking up, and he's just you know not looking at it. Drag it over. Yeah, he's ripping the. He starts taking the jacket off, cutting it, cutting back the the clothing. Yeah, I only said pants for the comedy, and also because I've only ever heard of people grafting from thighs. Because you don't want to see the wounds. Um, that they do it in oh. places that are mostly hidden, but this guy doesn't care. Oh, great. So, whatever's needed. Is it hairy, like a creature? There is some coarse hair in places. Like an animal, not like a man's hair. Uh, Where it is, it's blotchy. But yeah, where it is, it's more like an animal's hair. Great. 
yeah, I'm not liking this. That's delightful. Is it a sanity check not liking it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think a so voluntary too. sanity check. I've had one or two of them. It's it's a lot of reality to deal with at one moment. Like, this is real. It's a 51. He's fine. Okay. <laughs> My favorite thing that happens in this game is when the players are clearly not cool, but the character's like, I'll live. <laughs> I, I I get through this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can power there's, through. There, there's 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 problems that have to be solved and tasks that need to be done. We're hanging in, folks. You cut up his side of the creature, and you're able to pull skin around the center of his torso in a, enough to get around Jack's girth, and then you can because remember you're trying to do this as a wrap. So it's so like a skin girdle. A skin girdle. Ah! Oh, that's that's frightening. <laughs> It'll only be until you get him back home. It's just something else to keep all the pieces in place because you're low on sutures. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna buy more sutures and double the supply, people. Just think of it like carving animal skin. You know, staying warm with bear fur. After every medical encounter, you add more to the bag. So I'm wondering what's how big it's gonna be by the end of this because it's like, oh, you know that time in Nepal where I had to do a like a triage surgery. I added more sutures and then in that an, time, iron lung. an iron lung. Cause you know, Faye, everyone, it's not going to fit in the overhead compartment anymore. No, <laughs> We're going to need to modify. That's the not bag. carry on. You got to check that shit now. <laughs> on the bag to make it bigger on the inside. Oh, the TARDIS bag. I like it. Vadim, are you helping her wrap it around him once? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would assume that that's kind of a two-person job, moving him and oh, yeah. and trying to keep him, uh, you know, stable and 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 not, you know, poorly moved and whatever to dislodge any sutures that she's put in. So, so you sit him up just a little bit, and you take the skin, and you put it to the opposite side, and you're holding it there, and you wrap it around his chest. And as soon as you come around, Catherine's like, it's putting it to the wound, and it senses the wound. Catherine, you feel it start to crinkle under your skin. What do you mean crinkle? Oh, like it. Oh, it like it's trying to. It's sticking to him. It wants to hold on to him. The skin. Yeah. Fuck. No. That's bad. That is very bad. You. Why did you give me this idea? This, it's closing the wound. Ella. It's definitely. <laughs> Ella, you hear your name screamed. Faye, you Help hear the me. name of Ella scream. Catherine, what do we do? It is. I don't know. Is this bad? Medically, this is awesome. Okay, medically, this is great. Everything else, this is bad. <laughs> I hear my name. Oh, yeah. It looks like saran wrap when you heat it like a shrinky dink trying to get around him. It's just, and it's it's literally pulling onto him. It, now it's leaving the part that you hadn't applied to his skin yet is pulling away from you. It's drawing I'm, towards his body. No, no bad skin. <laughs> Maybe good? Medically, great. Everything else bad bottom this is very weird this is not good ella you did you want to run there and leave Faye? i'm not leaving Faye. i'm bringing her with me uh yeah good luck getting me over your shoulder lady because that's the only way i'm gonna be able to I'm go strong oh my god this is gonna be quite the image don't just... drop my patient that i just fixed kayla if you try to move Faye, it's gonna be a dex check again i, I haven't been making them make them once you find your way up the path but Carrying a woman your size on over your shoulder, wounded, and trying to climb snowy rocks can be a little bit difficult. Well, first off, I'm leaving the radio by the tree. 
Oh, you weren't carrying Faye and the radio. I gathered that. So you need to make a strength check first. Someone should stay with the radio. The radio's not going anywhere. But what if people need to reach us? Oh, shit. Fail. True. What have you done? Ella, I heard that. Oh, shit. I didn't do anything. I I was I'm trying to figure out how to get you over there because I'm not leaving you. You know what? You stay in charge of the radio. Fire this gun if you need help. I slap a I slap my pistol under her hand, my Colt 45, and I go, shoot once if it's the radio. Shoot twice if you're being attacked. Okay, you know what? How about this? I can scream really loud. You're gonna know if I'm being attacked. All right, go go help Catherine. Do I need to make a dex check about this again? No. If, you, if you're going up by yourself, you're fine. It's, you're not encumbered or anything. So you're able to find your way back up the gorge. Vadim, I'm assuming. Vadim, are you a little bit off color? Does it look a little bit? You made your sanity check. That doesn't mean everything's perfect. Do you feel like you'd be backing away a little bit? Do you look startled? It looks, I mean, it looks like a caterpillar trying to find a way to com- get comfortable. I think Vadim is, is kneeling by Jack's side, ready to do whatever needs to be done. But he's looking okay. at Kate and wanting her to tell him what to do is do we leave it or do we try to get it off of him ella you see kate just she screams your name again vadim's looking at at it and jack is on his side and his body is involuntarily moving with small spasms around his torso as this skin that sought blood and sought flesh and this necrotic skin is seems to be drawn to the wound and is trying to merge itself onto his skin ella tilts her head kind of like cocking it a little bit and goes oh that's something new something new it's something terrifying now um what do you magic want to do? spells we needed to skin graft him and now it's trying to stick to him like some sort of i don't know it's bad what is this the, medically this is great it's gonna keep his blood in but what's happening here have you ever seen anything like this is this dark magic is this is he gonna what's wrong with it it's uh... it has a mind of its own where did you pull the skin from, dare I ask? The ghoul! I, I don't know any spells for this. I- I'm not a magician. I have some knowledge of protection. But, uh, the only thing I, she could think to do is put her hand on the ghoul and then his side and see if there's a connection between the two and if it's trying to make him like them. I don't know. It's just rapid healing. It's just doing what it would normally do. It's trying to repair itself. That you blew the sigils out of them, so it, it disanimated the body's brain to, to you know to the body itself, but the metabolism of the body is still attempting to to do its thing. It's it's still going to repair itself. Now, it won't be able to fully reanimate, but the body will slowly put itself back together until the skin has nothing left to feed on, until it just runs out of energy. But right now it has Jack's energy, so it's okay. Are you saying like parasitic? It, or it, it appears to be. Let's call it symbiotic. You don't believe it's going to like grow over the top of him like a cocoon or anything or change him entirely. Or suck, what it's suck do- the life force out of him. No, 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 no. It's going to, it's, but it's going to do what it's designed to do, which is to heal and regenerate slowly. It's going to do that. All right. Then she kind of comes out of her situation and her study with her clairvoyance and goes, I believe this is a good thing. It appears to be healing itself onto him. And thereby healing him. Could I remove it later? What are we going to do when he shows up at the hospital and he's got, like, a a gray skin girdle? 
look, it, it probably will just merge with his body and therefore become like a part of him, but it won't change anything. It's not going to affect his anatomy or t- kill him. And you're, and you're positive of this? This is... I'm as positive as I can be, considering I've never dealt with creatures like this before. This is from a seventh ring of hell. Accurate. Look, its original host is dead. You gave it fresh blood. It will eventually run out of, for lack of a better word, juice to heal, because it'll already heal its job and then therefore be useless. So it'll either fall away or become part of his flesh and he will have a nice gray splotch on his abdomen as you say or it becomes pink like his own skin could be either it moved voluntarily yes because they heal they i I believe they have rapid healing because of the magic that was used to create them also she like stops the two of you we have a radio we called for help help is on the way darlings great what do i tell help when he's covered in a in a Oh, God. It's not going to spread farther down. It's, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm certain. I'm help. 80% certain. Mm. Bottom, help me put his clothes back on. The help is coming. This is, this is good. This is this good. Is, this is very good. But I just um, don't want to have this particular conversation in Nepalese. Uh, well, well, also, um, what about the, 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 the monsters? The, what, what will they think of yes. that? So I've already thought of that. When she said help is coming, meaning Lauren thought of it five minutes ago. We need to just move out of the gorge and away. And whatever happens, they'll find it later. That's not my problem. But right now, let's just carefully navigate ourselves closer towards where help will be coming. Or I can gather the bodies and burn them. That's going to be too much effort and too much time. I'm exhausted. Bottoms lost a pint of blood. I'm I'm fine. Yeah, bottom's weak. I can do this. The gorge is, is not that big. I, c- I can burn the bodies and get rid of the evidence. There's like 16 corpses. All right, we'll get, I'll get rid of the ones in plain sight. I'm trying to be helpful here. I think Kate makes a good suggestion. We move closer to the road down, so when they get up to us, we meet them. They, the, the party won't even get to this area. And they can whoever finds the bodies later on, mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have gone Yiddish. That's how serious the situation's become. Mazel. I don't care. Just mazel. Listen, we all have a point and a purpose. You've done well. Now let's just move away from the hellhole we've created. Madam concurs. All right. <laughs> let's leave now. Please, please get Faye before we go. Yes, Faye. Mel has been convinced that we're going to leave her on this mountaintop. And- Nobody's talked about she said it like darling love of my life we've had there was a living skin issue <laughs> a wonderful necrotic organism currently healing our dear friend wonderful okay Faye when you with the radio so you're gonna have some time the rest of the group's gonna have about a half hour before the help arrives with you though you had all this time with the radio while the skin situation was going on across the gorge were you listening for incoming help or had you dialed back to the original frequency? What were you doing? I would be on just listening out for help. The help frequency? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, that, at some point they do contact you. Is everything stable? Uh, you know, our men have already left. They've been gone for about 40 minutes. They should be to you within the hour. Uh, they just check. They're like, is any other person's wounded? Do you know, is there any other issues? Do I have to send out a second group? You're like, no, 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 we're fine. We just have two that can't, you know, three that aren't really capable of travel. 
is what you say, right? Because it's Jack, yourself, and Catherine could really use like litters. Mm -hmm. So that's what they were prepared for. They're sending like a party, like 25 men. Ella comes over for the radio and for you to help you hobble your way down into the gorge and further south to meet up with the party so that it's not, you know, this destroyed war zone. I have a question. Sure. So what Ella saw, do I have any sort of recollection? Because I think that Faye would be trying to maybe put that together if I do remember some of it. It was lucid. So you just dreamt or thought you were dreaming of a situation where a person that you thought was your father was trying to hand you an airline ticket to New York. So for you, it's probably all about the conversations you had with the attorneys, you know, and, and the fact that you're still thinking that what could he have possibly left me? Maybe it was, you know, it's, it's an unsolved thing. It's a question in your mind that it was just playing on you while you were in that state, you know, that in and out of consciousness concussed state. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't anything. Who would you probably, if you were looking for somebody, if your brain was looking for any type of, you know, familiar face to think of or, you know, hanging on to, to issues or memories, it's going to be things that it puts together. It's going to look for, a, you know, a loved one or somebody that you were close to or you just, you know, anything like that. Like, you know, my wife dreams about her, her dad all the time. And, you know, I, you know, people dream about ones that, you know, they're missing or they don't see as often or they're or gone. And then you start putting other pieces of things that have happened recently, right? And to you, one of the biggest unanswered questions right now is what's going on in New York with your father? Why would they, you know, the government was, or the, the attorneys actually got the government to hold my passport up, you know, begging, you know, trying to make me contact them. Just say, listen, it's, we're just put you on a list. You just need to make a phone call, da, 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 da. But they're actually warning you, hey, I got something here in New York. You got to come get it. So yeah, it's, it's just, just a moment. Yeah, it just, it makes her really miss her dad. And I'm sure. Team, there is a lot of weaponry here. There is some really, really big, godforsaken weapons in this area. You have Vodum, and we're going to call Ella, who can carry. Now, what does that mean? You have a bazooka on the ground with four small rocket grenades, that kind of thing. You have what would be classified in American armaments as a 50 caliber machine gun with a guy who is carrying two belts, box belts of ammunition. That's a big weapon. That's a field machine gun. And then you have all the submachine guns and things and the grenades that they had on them. Each commando had a grenade, at least one, and they were armed with either carbines or machine guns, depending on where they're located. You've got the radio. Not everybody's up and about. So between Vodum and Ella, they have choices to make. Do you forego the radio? No, we, we, um, so Vodum, I was already thinking about this as soon as we got everybody down to the, uh, down to the road to the, to the rendezvous spot. He would want to just, I mean, his instinct is, you you know, you're attacked, you search the bodies for information or anything that he could, you know, intelligence, so to speak. Um, but the weapons, uh, what Vodum would suggest to Ella is that the, the two of them police together the weapons and stash them. Take them, you know, up uh, one of the ridge lines, stash them all behind one of the boulders, you know, throw some branches down on top of it, you know, shuffle some snow on top of that. Um, and then if we have an opportunity to come back after... After we figure out our situation, then we can come back. So the one thing you're not going to let go of is the radio. That you can't, obviously, you don't want to cover that in snow. Correct. That That's the one thing I think we would take. Ella, what do you think? I'm all for just, uh, I don't need a bazooka nor a machine gun. I kind of just mm. want the Jack radio. Might, 
be very angry if we don't. Uh, I'm not saying we take it. I'm saying we stash all that aside, you know, all the heavy weaponry aside in case we decide that we want to come back and pick something up on our way out of town. I can say with pretty much full confidence because of how long it took Faye to recover, Jack is going to be like down for the count for like a month. Yeah. So we have a month to longer. Yep. Keep her shaking his head. No, you put regenerative skin on him. Well, dick. Well, good. <laughs> well, term. I'm still I'm still bruised and would like a nap for a couple of days. Maybe and we should all put regenerative skin on ourselves. No, Ella! I'm good. <laughs> no. no. It doesn't come without a price, but there is but you you saved his life and he will heal a little quicker than normal. We're not leaving like tomorrow. We can come back. No. Can you imagine what wealthy people would pay for this stuff? We could we could make like a spa. <laughs> I de- I debated taking but a few pieces. He said there's a price. Does that mean he will wake up with a thirst for blood? Please stop Is talking. He could be a vampire. In about 45 minutes you're able to stash, you know, at least the good stuff, the big stuff. Um you get a bulk of the grenades, uh you get the 50 caliber, whatever their German equivalent is. I I can look it up in Octum Cthulhu. I I forgot to write it down. Ella, you go back and as you're pulling things behind the ridge line, you know, bringing it up behind the boulders, you do go past the gentleman who had the radio, the, the dead soldier with the, the sigils. You show that to Vodham, and uh, you do you do see that there's some insignias on him, and you also see a name badge on his jacket on the inside that said his name was Wilner Lindman. Vilner Lindman. W-I-L-N-E-R, and then Lindman. L-I-M-N-M-A-N. And then, um, I believe actually it's N-N. German is double N's, right? That you get... So when you're all said and done, you're able to take, like I said, most of the carbines. You don't get in 40 minutes. You're not able to get everything up there, but you get a bulk of it, a good portion. And that'll be that'll be safe for next time. The Napolese show up, uh, the chirpas and the, you know, the the porters and the people from the town that they were able to rouse together from the bar. They all kind of get together and they're they're like, oh, my God. And they, you know, they put the three of them on litters. We would have had a story with like um, attacked by some animals or something like that, since there's a lot of bites and such. Sure. Savaged by a hound, something <laughs> in the wilderness. As long as you don't say it's an invisible cat, because that would probably throw everybody right right over the edge. Gigantic cat, yes. No, I, I'm, I'm going with Yeti. <laughs> okay, Snow Yeti. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm going to get my damn Yeti, man. You didn't give it to us before. I'm, I, I want a coming. Yeti. <laughs> I'm, am I the only one that's relieved that we have not encountered a yeti yet? Because that would be that would just be the cherry on top. Listen, I love a cryptid as much as the next white woman, <laughs> but but not today. N- not not today. now. <laughs> right? They uh, they're able to put you on the the litters and get you back. It's probably I don't know, probably close to like two three a.m. By the time you're you're back in Kathmandu and they bring you to. to Torgi's uh, house, which the door's off the hinges, and there's, you know, black scorch marks where Vadim's tripwire knocked the whole desk and front part of the building right inside. There's there's parts of uniforms. There's, you know, they're, they're like, oh, we heard a boom hours ago, but we didn't. Catherine, you had a, something you wanted to say? I don't mean to interrupt your moment. Um, now that we don't have the kids anymore, can we go back and stay at the nice hotel? <laughs> Um, well, you kind of maybe burned that bridge a little bit. Where do you, I mean, is there a secondary hotel? I blew up that bridge uh, with dynamite. There is a small, there's like, a, I would say like an infirmary type hospital. Not, I don't, I don't want to say it's got a major OR, but they would have something for like emergency surgeries, a, a small surgery center with, you know, a dozen, half a dozen cots. 
So the local doctor is able to put you up there. The hotel's probably out of the question unless everybody pulls their money and buys it, which I'm not saying do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll give you five grand, get out. <laughs> it's time to leave. Um, but yeah, you're you're able to be put up in the hospital and, and, and made a little bit more comfortable than at, at, at Chorgi's place since the girls are not with you. Jack is immediately put on an IV for fluids. Bottom is put on an IV for fluids. Because he just, he's, I mean, his pallor is also off because he gave quite a bit of blood on the side of the mountain. Uh, everybody's cold. Everybody's wet. Catherine, they're ra- wrapping your ankle. Ella's outside doing katas with her sword or some sort of positions in fencing. Uh, Faye is is looked at by the doctor. He says she's definitely concussed. Keep says, you know, try not to sleep too much for the next 24 hours, you know, or wake up, you know, someone wake her every two hours. Make sure she's okay. The, that whole gambit of things goes on. Next morning, Jack is still on, still out. Uh, the doctor recognizes that you know the damage was pretty bad on the on his neck, but he sees that you did a great job. He congratulates you, Catherine, on that, and you know, and and the suturing and everything else. Doesn't say much about the mismatched color of skin. Kind of just looks at you, looks at it, and kind of keeps walk, like going about his business. Some things are better left unasked, and um, he's not really ready to, to broach that conversation. He sees all the other things you did for everybody, and is like, "All right, you did a masterful job." Why is this guy's sec- center section eight shades lighter than the rest of the section? There's no need and, to ask that well, question, well, sir. The, I do the. This is not the droids you're looking for before the movie Star Wars. It's um, he hit the fourth F of frostbite. Oh, okay, fetid flesh. Okay, something like something that. like that. We don't have to talk about it. The gentleman who's been assisting you around the place, Catherine, uh, later that afternoon, drops a tray. Uh, as he's standing by Jack's bedside, he was uh, carrying some medicines over for infection and stuff to Faye and to yourself, just some antibiotics, things that, you know, in your ba- to save what's in your bag because you're on a limited supply. He has some things. And uh, he went over to Jack and he was just fluffing his pillow and everything and looked at him and checked him and, did his, and, and he drops the trays <gasps> and he starts to back away. Keeper, can I, for the for the sake of the scene... Could I request that I'm doing my resting in a wheelchair so I can wheel around and try to help my friends? You're resting in a wheelchair. That sounds like a brilliant idea. No, I'm I'm sitting. I'm my. I, I agree. Yeah. I'm, uh... So I wheel over. <laughs> What's going on? Um, are you all right? Can I help you? His eyes. What what What's wrong with them? <laughs> you go over and you lift an eyelid. His pupils are elongated. They're not round anymore. Ah! And we'll get back to everybody next time. All right. Thank you, gang. We will talk to you uh, (laughs) next time on the Bardic College uh, from Raz and from the players. We will find out exactly what changes are happening to Jack as the skin starts to take its effect. Some of these things are going to happen anyway. He had already been poisoned. There was not much they could do. It really wasn't the infect entirely of the skin graph. But uh, there is going to be some changes to Jack Cavendish before this is all done. Uh, So we'll find out what they are next time. From all of us here, thank you so much for listening. Players, great job again. Two fun, fun episodes. I hope you had a great time. Faye, I know for a lot of it you were just, you know, sort of manning the snow. But... (laughs) And I was doing a damn good job at it. You did your job. Not get more hurt. You're damn right. And the one thing you did contribute tonight, which was great because I know a lot of it was dealing with Catherine on the other side, you got the radio up and you got them rescued, which was quick. Because the overnight in the cold, it would have just kept Jack would have been having to fight. You're welcome, my loves. I'm always looking out for us. That was good. And numero uno.
Gang, uh, I'm sure Jack will be back with us next time. Thank you so much. Another great episode, uh, like I said before. From all of us, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. We'll catch you next time. Team, good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.